We continue um, elaborating on the various cases in the Mishnah. The next one is uh, if A makes a vow um, about uh, to prohibit himself from entering into the home of B. B is a homeowner. Uh, well, we saw it depends on what language he uses will have a different effect. If he says your house is permitted, prohibited from me, uh, from entering for me, then if B dies or sells his house, then A is permitted because he only A only said that your house is prohibited to me, but if it's not owned anymore by B, then it's permitted. On the other hand, if A made a more general a statement without a pronoun and he says this house is prohibited to me from entering, then even if B sells his house or B dies and no longer owns it, nevertheless it remains prohibited to A because he didn't add a, he didn't say your house, he just said this house. All right, that's clear. Now we're going to switch it the other way around and wonder if uh, A is now making, still making the vow, but not making the prohibition upon himself, but rather making B prohibited from entering his own house so that B will have a prohibition uh, to enter the house of A. Well, of course, yes, he can do that, right? You can always make a vow as long as either the person making the vow or the object of the vow is, owns the, that property. Um, so, but now the question is, does it make a difference if the uses a pronoun or not, a possessive of the house? Ba'e avimi. Konam lebait ze met o mahu. A says to B, this house, he means uh, his own house, A's house, is prohibited as a korban to you to enter. And then A dies or sells it. What is the law? See, if, if A said, you are prohibited to enter my house, then obviously if he sells it or A dies, then B would be permitted because he said my house. But in this case, if he left out the pronoun, made more general this house, um, is it the same law that then it would be permitted? Uh, prohibited to enter, just like in the case of the Mishnah, would it be prohibited? Here's the question: Adam oser davar Does A have a right to prohibit B from using something that was in A's property, even after it leaves A's property, or not? In general, A cannot make a vow against B regarding C's property, right? It doesn't work that way. It has to either belong to A or to B um, in order for a vow to work, right? A can say, my property is prohibited to you, or he can make B's property prohibited to himself. Uh, but it has to belong to one of them. Uh, the question here is that since A does own it now, and he says the more general formula, this house that he currently owns is prohibited to you, B, and so maybe you would say even after he sells it and no longer belongs to him, uh, the vow continues, just like in the case of the Mishnah, or maybe not. Maybe in this case, um, when he says, because he's making a, 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 a vow a, that will apply to B. See, in the case of the Mishnah, he makes a vow that applies to himself. So a person can prohibit himself to, uh, to enter any house, no matter who owns it. A person can always make a prohibition upon himself. Therefore, it makes sense that if a person, A, says, I am prohibited to this house, it won't matter who owns it. But now, since A is not making the prohibition on himself, or rather he's making the prohibition on Mr. B, 
And you can only make a prohibition against B if A actually owns this property. So can he make it now and it will continue even after he sells it? Or does that not work? The prohibition only works while A owns it even if he doesn't use a pronoun. That is the question of Abimi. And Ravah answers, Amar there is a Mishnah that we actually already saw on Daf Membet, quote, cited, and discussed in a similar way. If a person tells his son, uh, it will be prohibited as a korban that you may not benefit from me. The father uh, disinherits his son, you cannot have any benefit from me. But then the father dies. Nevertheless, the son will inherit the father because the father can only do that while he's alive. While he's alive, he can say, this stuff that I own, you cannot benefit from. After the father dies, he doesn't own it anymore. And then uh, the son is permitted to inherit and use that inheritance. However, if the father says while he's alive, the father says, you may not benefit from my property, not only while I'm alive, but even after I die. He says that while he's alive, and then dies, umet, lo yirashenu, then the son cannot inherit it, inherit him. What we see from here, shema'mina, adam oser davar shebishuto, lechshese merishuto, shema'mina. We actually do answer the question, and this shows that as long as when the father's alive, he says, you, the, my property is prohibited, for, 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 prohibited to you, son, now and after my death, and then he dies, even though he doesn't own it anymore, it is possible to make a prohibition against someone else, even after the person who made the vow does not own it anymore. And so, yes, the answer is he can. Um, and therefore, the, cases, the case of the Mishnah and the case that we're asking about are, in fact, parallel. If you use a pronoun, uh, your house, or in, in, this, in, in the case of the Avimi's question, my, uh, my house, then it will only apply when that person owns the house. But if a person uses a general formula, this house, then the prohibition continues whether the vow is made by A upon B or, um, uh, or the other way around. All right. Uh, this is interesting because Andaf Membet, we did not conclude this way. We cited this, but then we rejected this proof. So it's interesting that these two sugot conflict with each other and brings up uh, larger questions of uh, is the editor of this Sugya, this pedic, the same as the editor there? Which one came first? Did they know? Did each one know about the other? Uh, but come to a con different conclusion for what reason? Uh, but those are uh, bigger questions that we can't get into now. Tenanatam. And now, along the same lines, we're quoting a Mishnah that's later on in Masechet Nedarim that teaches Kunam perota elo alai, Kunam hen alpi, Kunam hen lefi. Someone says any of these three formulas, this produce is like a korban upon me, or this produce is uh, prohibited on my mouth or for my mouth. Any of those, asur, not only is that fruit prohibited, also their replacements and anything that grows from them. Replacement means if I have this basket of apples and then I take this apple and I trade it with someone else for oranges or I trade it for money, then the other replacement is also prohibited. Because I, it's not, not only did I say that this is prohibited, I'm not going to eat these apples, I'm not going to benefit from these apples. And therefore, by selling them or replacing them, that, be, that, uh, content, that benefit would still continue in the replacement, and those are also prohibited.
Not only that, if I plant the apple and it grows a tree and has more apples, those apples are also prohibited because they are outgrowths, literally, of the prohibited apple. And so all outgrowths are also prohibited. Good. That's the Mishnah. And now here's the question. This Mishnah only talked about when one makes a vow upon oneself. But what, if, what about if A makes a vow about B and says, Hey, uh, 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 B, the, this fruit that I own here is prohibited to you. Um, what then? What if? What about the uh, replacement of that of that fruit? Would that also continue to be prohibited? Right? Can A uh, apply such a prohibition against B that it will apply even to uh, something that he replaces that fruit with? Those apples, if he tra- trades it with oranges. On the one hand, we may say, no, it does, the logic does not apply, because regarding himself, if A makes a prohibition about him to himself regarding this fruit, well, then that will apply even for the, what, the, the replacements. Why? Because a person can prohibit upon himself uh, even things that he doesn't own. Uh, uh, right? I can make prohibited to myself uh, the walking into the Empire State Building. I don't own it, but I can make myself prohibited to anything uh, in the world. And therefore, I can also make a prohibition upon myself even for things that uh, don't yet exist. And therefore, this replacement or the future growth of this apple, um, even if it doesn't exist right now, that I would say that is possible. I can take upon myself that prohibition. That would make sense. Aval. But, Gabe Havero, Hoil ve'en Adam Oser Perot Havero al Havero. On the other hand, uh, if A makes a prohibition to B, and, and A says, listen, B, you cannot have this fruit that I own. That he can do. But A does not have a right to prohibit B from entering the Empire State Building because A doesn't own it. And uh, so, therefore, since A cannot make B prohibited to something that A doesn't own, similarly, A would not have the ability to make B prohibited against something that doesn't yet exist in the world. And the replacement of this item, uh, or the future growth of this item, does not yet exist, may not yet exist, and therefore uh, would, not, would not apply, the, the vow would not apply to that. So that would be the logic to say that this would be different. So do we say that? Um, or do we say no it's all the same uh, uh, just like uh, the, that the original fruit the original apples and their replacements and anything that grows from them they're all they're all outgrowths uh, or, or um, continuations of this very these very fruits here and therefore the vow that applies to them will apply to the next item kind of like Hegdesh if I say something is hekdesh and then you replace it with money, you sell it, then the hekdesh, the, the prohibition against anyone using it will apply to the money or whatever you uh, traded it with. And so that would be the same thing here. And according to this uh, second option, uh, although A owns it and says, it tells B, you can't have it, um, no matter what happens, and if the, these apples are replaced with others or they grow into new things, the prohibition will continue. What, is the, what, what do you say? What is the law? Does it apply to, just as it applies to oneself? 
what could we apply that when A makes a vow uh, that applies to B? Let's try to answer it from this Braita. The Braita teaches that if a man tells his wife, uh, you are prohibited as a korban is any benefit that I'm going to give to you. So now the wife can have no benefit from the husband. Now this is a problem because she's relying on her husband for food, clothing, shelter, everything. And uh, now she cannot have any benefit from, uh, from him. Now eventually we'll, we'll force him to, to divorce her because this is not sustainable, um, it goes against the, goes against the Ketuvah. But in the meantime, as she, she needs to live, here's what she can do. She can go and borrow money. She borrows money from a third party, right, from the bank, and she'll buy food with it. And then, and the creditors, the bank, can come and collect, the, collect that loan from the husband. And that would be permitted even though indirectly the husband is giving benefit to the wife and uh, the wife and uh, the wife is taking benefit from the husband and he made a vow prohibiting that still that's this is this is permitted uh, because she's borrowing money and then it's the it's the creditors they're going to go and uh, and collect now so this is permitted my tama how come we permit the bank to go and collect the money oh we can prove from here that replacement is not like the original not like that which grows uh, and it's not like the original item either uh, in other words here uh, it's not the very same money uh, that uh, that the the bank gave the wife and that the husband will give the bank right it's not the same dollars um, but rather a replacement for it so the bank pays the wife okay that the bank pays uh, gives a loan to the wife that's permitted because I mean you know maybe she'll pay back so the bank can give that give the money to the wife now the bank knows that she has uh, she's not going to be able to uh, rep to uh, pay them back uh, when the bank goes to the husband so he's giving different monies uh, to replace the money that the bank gave uh, gave to her and it is permitted. So what we can see from here is that when A makes a vow that B can have no benefit, as in this case, the husband is making a prohibition against the wife, even though he cannot give her anything directly, that would be, that would be uh, um, benefiting to her, giving her benefit. But as long as it's, not, it's a different item, uh, the, the one that he gives, the uh, money that he gives to the bank is different from what the bank gives her. Therefore, it is permitted. So we can learn from this baraita that it's permitted, right? Not necessarily. Rava says, no, maybe it's still prohibited. Only bidi avad, then it would be permitted. You see, in this case, it's actually necessarily bidi avad um, because she is going to the bank first to collect money. And only then uh, will the bank go and collect money from the husband. What wouldn't be allowed in this case is for the husband, maybe after he makes the vow, he kind of feels bad, he sees his wife starving. And uh, so if, he, if the husband goes to the bank and says, here, give this money uh, to, uh, to, to my wife, even if the bank replaces those bills with those coins with other coins, that may very well still be prohibited because there he's doing it lechetechila. He's initiating and giving it to her. 
Whereas, so that would be prohibited. Whereas in this case, she needs to eat. And so she's going to go to the bank. The bank gives it to her. So she initiated. And at that point, there is no violation because she is not benefiting from the husband. She's benefiting from the bank. Um, and only afterwards, since that debt is now created, so then he can go ahead. So it's actually not a, quite a replacement. Uh, it would be a replacement if I have this item and it's prohibited. I replace it with something else. But in this case, the debt is created first. So she gets something that was never a replacement for anything else, uh, but rather something that she already has. Once that debt is already there, then he can repay the debt. And maybe that's why it's permitted in this case, but we cannot generalize from this this Bidiavad case to the question which was can you do this and do that in a lechetechila situation? Ela Tashma, rather, we're going to bring a different proof from a Mishnah in Kiddushin. That says, Hamekadesh Beorla, Enamekudeshet, Mecharan Vikidesh Bidmehen, Harezo Mekudeshet. If a man takes Orla, that's fruit from the first three years um, uh, of uh, tree's growth, which is prohibited. You're not allowed to eat that fruit. You're not even, even allowed to have benefit from that fruit. So, therefore, it has no value. You can't sell it. Um, you're not allowed to sell it, that is. Um, so if someone takes this fruit from the tree from the first three years, gives it to a woman, and says, with this orla fruit, there's no kiddushin because it has no monetary value. And uh, you have to have, it has to be at least worth a peruta in order for the kiddushin to work. However, if this guy violates the law and sells it because uh, he sells it to someone um, who maybe not doesn't know or doesn't care that it's Ola and he does get money for it. Now this money is a replacement money is replacement money uh, for the original fruit and he takes that money and gives it to this woman and says that with this money that so happens to be he um, he it was was profit that he got for selling the Orla fruit that works that is Mikudeshet. And so it looks like here uh, would be another a, a proof that replacement money, um, is, the, the prohibition does not apply to replacement money. Uh, and uh, in, in fact, we, even though the original item is prohibited, uh, but the prohibition does not uh, transfer to its replacement. And therefore, we would say the same thing. Um, that, yes, true, when a person makes a vow upon himself, then since he can make a vow uh, prohibiting, prohibiting himself to anything in the world, even things that don't exist yet, they would apply to the replacement. But since A is making a prohibition against B and say, B, you are not allowed to have any of my apples, but now he sold it, um, so, so too, just like in the Kiddushin case, the prohibition does not continue and apply to the money, so too the vow would not, uh, would not continue and apply to the money. Isn't that a good proof? And the answer is no. Maybe here also, you're not allowed to do this. Um, and, um, and so this is not something you could do on purpose. He's actually not even allowed to sell this or la fruit. Um, so no, you cannot do it. Only bidi avad, if you did it, and then this money um, now does have value independent of the of what was uh, where it came from. So that's why the kiddushin works. So it only works bidi avad. But lechetachila, you can't do it. 
and therefore there is no proof from here um, the, regarding the case of the vow. So we leave it at that without any answer of whether if I tell you that this my fruit is permitted to you and then I sell it, then can you uh, is the prohibition continue uh, or or uh, anyone sell uh, I sell it or I die um, and does that can does the prohibition continue uh, with the uh, the replacement of the fruit? We leave that without an answer. Baruch Adonai Amen.